Okay, you there? I am here. Okay, I can hear you fine. You can hear me fine? Yeah, is there an echo or anything? No. Perfect, then we're good to go. All right. Welcome to the adventures of... Wait, what did we say it was? Tabor and Ray? (laughs) Yep, that's where we're going with. Adventures of Tabor and Ray. (laughs) The adventures of Tabor and Ray. We're your host, Tabor Cope, and... Ray Whitcomb. Cool. Um, so this is a podcast that we wanted to start. And uh, who are we? Well, um, I'm Tabor, and I was born and raised in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And one street down and up the hill lived Ray Whitcomb. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. What is there to say about, uh, about life? Well, Colorado Springs in general. Uh, is right in uh, what we call the front range. So they got the plains of the United States. They meet the Rocky Mountains. And right where they meet is where Colorado Springs is at. So if you are in Colorado Springs and you look to the west, then you can see the Rocky Mountain Range with the largest peak from the view of Colorado Springs as being Pikes Peak. And it's a peak that's over 14,000 feet in elevation. So it's pretty big. And then if you go to look to the east, then it's just flat. And so... That's kind of the backdrop we had there. I think what I also like to tell people about Colorado Springs is that there's um, a fair amount of military in there. There's five military bases in around there. So we grew up with a lot of different people in the military and things like that, primarily Air Force and Army. So anyway, what do you think, Ray? What's uh, something else people should know about Colorado Springs, Colorado? Uh, it's a home of the Olympic Committee. They, it has America's Mountain that, uh, the song, what is that song? <laughs> Purple Mountain Majesties. <laughs> yes. Yes. That song was written about, um, it is a haven for people who don't want the feel of a huge city, but like a little bit of a mountain town feel a little bit smaller town feel. And then you get the opportunity to explore the mountains. Cause it takes about, uh, if you're in the center of town, it takes about 15 minutes to get to a nice mountain trail if you like to hike or bike or whatnot which worked out for us because we were pretty adventurous as kids and that stuck with us the whole time yeah and uh some people know about denver which is north of carter springs on the front range about 60 miles or so 65 miles and people here with the different sports teams and all that and they cover um, sports there that it's the mile high city so that means it's about 5,280 feet in elevation, um, which is, a, you know, a mile. But uh, Colorado Springs is actually a little bit higher than Denver. So um, it sits at about 6,000 feet in elevation. So that's kind of a little bit unique about Colorado Springs. And like uh, you're saying, Ray, it's got the uh, Olympic, there's an Olympic sports training complex. A lot of Olympians like to live there and train because of the high altitude and their bodies can get used to that. And then they can perform better at lower elevations and stuff. But yeah, so we're both active kids and uh, went to the same elementary school and middle school and to the same church and things like that. And so we had a bunch of fun adventures growing up and uh, being active and close to mountains. And we've got a lot of good adventures and things and in mountains and all that. But um, so um, then briefly with me, I left uh, Colorado Springs when I was uh, almost 19 and served a volunteer mission for my church and uh, lived in the countries of Greece and Cyprus for two years. And then I came back and attended a uh, university uh, in Utah at Brigham Young University. And when I graduated there, then uh, went and lived in Texas and Houston, Texas for three years and worked for a company headquartered out of there in the oil and gas industry. And then stayed with that company and moved to Claremore, Oklahoma which is a small town just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was there for about two years, then went to uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, and switched companies and went to there. Fort Smith's a town right on the Arkansas-Oklahoma border. was there for about two years. And then just recently moved earlier this year back to Utah for a company that's out of uh, Salt Lake City. So that's where I've lived. And uh, while I was at Brigham Young University then, I met a girl. That's a whole other adventure story we'll have to record later. But we ended up uh, getting married while we were in school. And um, we had our first child while I was finishing up my degree. 
and um, then uh, and, and I got my degree in manufacturing engineering technology with kind of an emphasis on continuous improvement. And so that's kind of like an efficiency expert where you study all the different uh, methodologies that help you analyze systems and processes to make them more efficient and smooth and you reduce waste and reduce variation and things like that. So uh, true to that, then we said, well, if we've got one kid, then we've got to use all the, the baby gear that we got, the strollers and the car seats and the clothes and all that. <laughs> and we got to like get the most out of these investments, right? And be the most uh, efficient at using them. So anyway, so we had another kid, another kid. And we always thought, my wife and I, that it'd be fun to have the kids a little bit closer together so that way they could play together and stuff like that. So um, we've picked up a kid pretty much everywhere we've moved to. So we're expecting our sixth <laughs> child in August and our oldest is eight years old. So you can kind of do the math, you know, eight years old, um, six kid coming in August. And so they're all about 18 months to two years apart. Uh, four girls, one boy and our second boy expecting in August. So that's a quick nutshell for me. How about you, Ray? Well, I first have to bring up the fact that you said everywhere you went, you picked up a kid as if there was one sitting in a corner. <laughs> that's thought... right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we went to the grocery store and on the way, <laughs> we just picked up a kid. Um, well, for me, I, uh, I, yeah, as Tabor said, I grew up here and um, I also did a volunteer mission um, for the church that we are part of for two years. I went to the real exotic place of Arkansas and Tennessee and uh, that was interesting. And I really, really, really loved it. Um, I'm sure we will talk about those adventures at another time. Um, I came back home to Colorado and uh, worked in a family business for a couple years. Met a, um, met a girl who was Canadian. I actually met her on my um, service mission and... We got married, and I moved to Canada for about a year, and then I came back to Colorado. And um, what's kind of interesting is, like, Tabor and I both have uh, – we've been friends since we were, I don't know, five. We've been friends for such a long time. And our personalities have worked out really well. Well, Tabor went the university route, and I went the uh, – just came back to hometown – and eventually went from job to job to job, started my own business. And um, I've been running my own business with uh, for about six, seven years. So Tabor's traveled all over the place and, and I'm just the, the townie. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. I like occasionally run into people from middle school and stuff. And sometimes it's awkward and sometimes it's awesome. But So I don't have like large travel. I've just been here, which has been, it, it's an interesting thing because as life has changed, I have seen the town that we grew up in differently. But, uh, so I married the girl. She's amazing. We come here, we've had three boys and we're expecting number four and drum roll. We are expecting our first girl. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a little bit of uh, pretty scary for me. I don't really know where to go with it and what to do with it. Um, I, but I'm excited. We're we're doing about six weeks, six seven weeks. So, um, but yeah, I I have a a dumpster and a junk removal business, and I have basically gone through my own, I guess, university courses of sitting down with other professionals and understanding what they've gone through, kind of lost my lunch. And we'll get into all that, I'm sure, in other podcasts. But uh, yeah, from the big overview is is uh, stayed here, started a business, and we're still here. And and uh, am I leaving anything out? No, I think it's a good, a good start. So... We've been talking for a while about starting a podcast and, and things, and now we're just finally just start, decided to do it. So our podcast is a work in process, we could say. Um, but we, like uh, Ray said, we've got a little bit different personalities. Ray, I would say, is a bit more of the of, of definitely creative. He's been in art for a long time and has um, 
more visually uh what's the right word talented than me in terms of drawing and all that kind of stuff and i've always been maybe the more like analytical type person you know likes to think things through and have a plan and work the plan out and uh ray not that you're against the plan but you've always just kind of been more like woohoo let's just go let's try this out a little more spur of the moment so we've always had a good a good balance with each other of where I'll be like, well, let's think about this, think about this. And then you bounce me out and say, let's stop thinking. Let's just go do it. Woohoo! You know, (laughs) (laughs) that would be pretty accurate for, for the description of our friendship. Yes. (laughs) So we've been on a lot of adventures. One thing we do share in common is that we like to just go try things and go see things. And we're curious people and stuff like that. So we thought it'd be fun to do podcasts, share some of the things that we've learned over uh, our lives thus far um, things that we found interesting and then um, we'd love to take feedback and questions and things like that from um, our growing audience that we hope we have and maybe we can even go try things for you the first time and tell you what we learned and what we didn't uh, like or did like and, and things like that so what do you yeah. think Ray? anything else you want to add about what what we know this podcast is going to be at this point <laughs> yeah well we do know that our mothers are going to listen and that we'll most likely get questions from them that's right. So if anything, <laughs> we'll have at least two listeners. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, I think that uh, when, um, if with the app that we are using, which is the Anchor app, if you download the Anchor app, you can actually submit questions to our podcast that we will listen to, and then we will be able to respond to a couple a week. So if we talk about something and you have a question and you'd like to express it, uh, feel free to download the anchor app and um, leave it for us and we'll listen to them. Um, there's no promises that we're going to answer them all, but the, one of the things that I have noticed from other podcasts is that usually there's like, you know, frequently asked questions. So just know that if you're thinking about it, there's a chance that someone else is thinking about it and we will be able to address it and uh, go from there. Yeah. Um, until we get more organized and outside the Anchor app, then probably the easiest, easiest way to get to me is I've got a website, which is my name, tabercope.com. Um, name spelled T-A-B-E-R-C-O-P-E. So the E-R is a little bit different. And there's a contact me page where you can uh, shoot me a message and stuff like that. And then, Ray, you've got one too, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I have a website, but I don't think you can contact me. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, this is a perfect example of, of Tabor having everything figured out and lined out so that if you did need to contact him, you could. And my thought is if you really want a question, it's just another app on your phone, download it and send it through Anchor, and that'll be the simplest way. <laughs> But yours is Maximus, right? If they want to at least see what some of your artwork and all that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If you wanted to if you wanted to see my art on Instagram or facebook or anything like that you can go to maximus so you just search in either any one of the social media that has art and it's m-a-x-e-m-i-s so it's definitely not spelled the right way it's definitely spelled wrong on purpose and that's because i wanted every social media and i own the domain yada 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 so that it would be you know good for search engine optimization See, you're still you're still strategic, you know. And I, I might know. have a I might have a creative bone in my body too. It might be my pinky finger, but you know. <laughs> well, it's a pretty pinky finger, so yeah, I could get that. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's like the other part about our friendship is that we both Tabor is really really good at photography. So if you take a look at his website, you can see um, his creative eye through his photography. And I don't know if they can. St- if people can buy prints or not, but for sure you can see his um, really, really good eye on the things that he comes across and ability to capture it with a camera. So we both have, yeah, creativity and the opposite for me is I also have an analytical side, which is probably why our friendship has worked out so well for so long. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. So um, outside intro, then we said, okay, we had a topic. So Ray, you want to give us a little intro into what you want to talk about? Sure. Yeah. So part of my like having to do dumpsters, um, I had a friend who said I should get a, a commercial driver's license. 
So I got a commercial driver's license. And with a commercial driver's license, you have to have um, periodic medical examinations. And basically the reason for that is if you have somebody that is driving a commercial truck, he essentially can have up to 80,000 pounds driving down the road. And you wouldn't want that guy to have an all of a sudden heart attack and crash through a bunch of cars. Um, you want that person to be in good health. So, and like the thing that happened recently in Denver, where the guy was driving down the pass, his brakes went out and he like hit tons of cars because he didn't know how to drive his truck. You want somebody that's smart. You want somebody that's healthy. Any rate, all of that is to be said. I was at a, at this examination and they do an eye test. They do a hearing test. They do, um, if you're staying flexible enough, they check your heart and all of these things. And when I got to the eye test, I've always thought that I've had like better than 2020 vision. Well, it turns out that as I've gotten older, apparently one of my eyes um, is not 2020, it's 4020, and which still passes. And but the lady was like, Well, you should go see a vision. Uh, uh, what is an eye doctor's name? I think I don't eye doctor, optometrist, but I don't optometrist. know. Optometrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, Well, that's crazy because I guess it's one of those things where you think you're going to be young forever, which that's never been my like plan. I've always had the, like my biggest fear is to grow old, know how to do a whole bunch of things, but my body not let me, that's like my biggest fear. Um, so then to hear this, I thought, well, what am I going to do? Cause now what if I have to start getting glasses and Tabor has glasses and recently got contacts. And, and so I hit, I talked to Tabor about it and I more asked the question than he said, well, why don't we do this as our first podcast? And I thought, well, that's great. So that's our topic is glasses. Yeah. So I guess the side note about me is I've always been, I don't know what we call like a researcher. So once I want, once I try to learn about something that I end up kind of just going down a rabbit hole, almost uh, compulsively, like an obsessive compulsive disorder type thing. It's kind of not healthy at times. I'll, I joke with my wife all the time and be like, I have to finish it. She's like, why? I'm like, cause I have to go to sleep tonight. I'm saying, what do you mean? That's, that's my code for like, I have to just know. Otherwise I'm just going to like my brain's like, well, not let me fall asleep, you know? <laughs> but I, I totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I was gonna say, uh, as a side note, I've got a similar fear. I think with you as well, Ray, I always tell people like, like, what are you most afraid of? And I'm like, well, I'm afraid of two things and they're related. Um, it, it would be torture and getting old. And I think getting old is just a form of slow torture, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause yeah, it's like, you, you want to do all these things and then now your body, you know, can't do it and, and things. So anyway, so yes, unfortunately we are getting older and I didn't have any glasses. My parents had glasses growing up, but am I, I have one sister that has glasses when she was a kid. I think like she was eight, nine, 10 years old or something like that. But um, never had them. And about two years ago, maybe a little over two years now, then I started squinting more and more. My wife was telling me that I was squinting and I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. And uh, <laughs> then my mom actually came and visited and she's like, you're squinting a lot. You need to go see the eye doctor. And I'm like, oh, okay. So anyways, I finally went and saw the eye doctor and um, they did their little thing, which there's the, I'm just reminded of who is, who does the, the comedic skit? I can't remember if it was Jim Gaffigan or Brian Regan, but um it's always kind of funny because they'll put the little thing on your face and then they like click between the different lenses and they're like, which one's clear? One, click, two. Click, one, click, two. And it's like, uh, uh I think it's one. Wrong answer. You know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Can so you go through the whole test and they click and we'll have about three and four. Okay, five and six. Click, 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 click. You know, go through the whole thing. And uh, then she's like, okay, well, let me do this. So then she like does this little makeshift glasses, like in a little frame. And she's like, okay, look at the numbers on, or the letters on the wall. Now she puts like the, the temporary glasses on my face. Like, are they clear? And I'm like, oh yeah, they're clear. And she's like, yeah. So you could probably use glasses and it would probably be, you know, a benefit to your life if you want to get some. And I'm like, okay, thanks. You know? So I uh, was thinking about, well, I was, I was say what I've learned is that um, what I have is called an astigmatism. And so to my knowledge, and there's like three main 
uh, vision correction type things. So there's there's nearsighted and farsighted. Uh, one's like called the technically like myopia and dysopia or something like that. But um, and I always get them mixed up because they're not my thing. But I think if you're nearsighted, you can see near, but you can't see far. And the farsighted is you can't see far. But uh, I mean, you can't see far and you can't see near. So an astigmatism. So well, I'll still go back to that. So nearsighted and farsighted. Then what happens is you have an image that comes through your eye. And then the back part of your eye is the retina. And that's where like all the nerve endings are. It's like that, that you see things. And so when you're nearsighted or farsighted, then the actual shape of your eye is uh, the incorrect distance to have the image when it goes through your eye land on the surface of the retina. If that makes sense. Have I lost you yet? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I think, I like, think, I think that's pretty deep. Well, so like photography things like that, you know that like the light will come, and because your eye has got, it's not flat, right? It's it's right. convex, so it's right. not it's like a sphere like ish. So the light will come in and it'll cross, and it comes to a focal point. So the light doesn't come in and just straight shine straight through your eye. The light that comes in the top of your eye and the bottom of your eye, because it's like a sphere, combines together, and um, where that focal point meets should land on the back of your retina. If it does, then you can see and focus. Ah. So if the shape of your eye is too big or too small, then that focal point will be there either in front of the retina or behind the retina. And then that's why you're blurry. Right. So that's like the hourglass image that you see on those like wall displays. Exactly. Yeah. So that's nearsighted and farsighted. Okay. Um, Because as you look at different areas, it lands on your retina differently. So astigmatism, which is what I have, then the actual lens in the front of your eye gets misshapen. So instead of being evenly spherical, more or less, then it's kind of turns like a football shape almost, right? Mm. And so then it's out of focus, whether you're looking near or far, because um, it's not focusing on the back of the retina. So with me, then, to see clearly, I need to wear glasses all the time. Um, And so initially, I was like, oh, well, I don't want to worry about contacts and stuff. So I just, it's like, let me just get glasses. And uh, the interesting thing is you can also have with an astigmatism, it could be on an axis as well. So my, my right eye is pretty much straight up and straight down. So actually, if I kind of squint, I can kind of smash that football shape back to a little more spherical and it can get a little bit more clear. But in my left eye is oh. turned by 30 degrees. Um, and so I can squint with that and it doesn't help at all. Got it. So um, they give me the glasses and they're like, um, it's going to, you know, they come, they order them two weeks later, go into the, the eye doctor and they're like, you're going to have to you know, get used to them a little bit because your brain's got to kind of get used to the, the glasses and stuff. So, you know, you probably want to wear them for a couple hours the first day and then progress a little bit more and stuff like that. You're not a big deal. And I'm like, okay. And um, I won't go, I guess, into too much of this. I did a YouTube video on this, but <clears throat> needless to say, I put on the glasses in the doctor's office, you know, like two years ago, first time, never wore, you know, corrective vision and stuff like that. And things look weird i mean we're talking like the like a door frame look like a door frame is supposed to be square like it would look like all slanted over and walls were like all wavy and like the ground looked like it was moving and stuff like that you know and they're like are you gonna wear these glasses out and i'm like like holding on the wall i'm like no i'm like seasick like <laughs> i can't even walk I'm gonna wear the glasses out of the office like, I i'm gonna walk into the wall you know? <laughs> so they're like okay well here you go you know have fun good luck so I, I got them during my lunch hour. So I went home to eat lunch. And so I like just sat, I remember sitting down for the first time at the lunch, at the table, put on the glasses and I'm just sitting there looking around the house and I'm like getting like literally physically sick, like seasick because everything is just so weird and skewampus and all this stuff. And so I'm like, whoa, you know, <clears throat> anyway, so I, I'm trying to be a good soldier and wear these things. But every time I do it, I'm just like, everything looks crazy and it's all weird so the next day I call the doctor's office and I'm like, look, I don't know if you got the prescription right or if you ordered the right glasses. Maybe these glasses have the wrong prescription or whatever. And <laughs> They're totally course, like, this happens every time. We were expecting your call. <laughs> well, yeah, and being a process guy, I'm like, well, <laughs> could you have not warned me a little bit more? Or right. Like, you know what? So... Uh, and, then, and of course, I'm like, can I talk to the doctor? And like, well, the doctor's busy. And so you, you got those secretaries and, and whatever else that are like, guarding you from the doctor like just keep trying you know right anyway, I, I kept plugging slowly 
And eventually I was like, it, I mean, it took a while. Like I was trying to like slowly do it and wear it at work, look on the computer and take them off for a while and things. Eventually I came back in a week later and cause I'm like, look, like, and it was getting slowly better, but I'm like, and they're like, Oh yeah, your brain will get used to it. And I'm like, well, okay. I know our brains are like amazing things, but if it's the wrong prescription, I want my brain to be running the wrong thing. Like, you know, right. Anyways, yeah. we went back in there. They double checked my prescription. Yep. It's right. They checked the prescription, the glasses. No, it's all right. Like it's all good. Like you just need to get used to it. But so it was a solid two plus weeks before, um, my eyes like finally got used to it. And, uh, so my YouTube video goes into more like ranting about like, why didn't you tell me what was going to happen and what was going to expect? And <laughs> yeah, you know, this is messed up. So anyway, so my big thing, if I were going to say to people like, Hey, lessons learned, or, uh, you know, the adventure of having glasses is depending on what it is. And so I don't, I think mine might be a little bit worse. I was talking to the eye doctor here where I'm at now. And he was saying that because mine has the stigmatism and my one eye is turned at a 30 degree angle, that's probably reason why things like didn't look straight and things look more wavy and upside down and, you know, stuff like that. So mine was probably a little bit worse than others. Um, but if you are going to have an adjustment period, it is going to be crazy. It is going to be strange and uh, it does slowly get better and just know that you're not going to be able to be like, grab the glasses and boom, you can see, uh, you know, immediately. Um so, and, and one thing that well, I do remember that was pretty interesting was that the colors seemed more vibrant, like huh. the green seemed more green and the sky seemed more blue and all that. And I'm like, I don't know, that doesn't make sense. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, well, if like looking at maybe a leaf on a tree with a uh, blue sky in, in the background, if it's blurry and you don't see that crisp edge between like yeah. the edge of the leaf and the sky, then I think the, like the colors kind of wash together. So when you have really crisp edges and you're seeing things clearly again, it almost seems like the colors are more vibrant, you know? So anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. So if you get glasses, anybody or Ray, then just remember that there is going to be a transition period <laughs> and you're going to have to get used to it and stuff like that. So um, then the other crazy thing about glasses, which I think is just funny is that like, they wear they sit on your face and they just like well try them on and it's kind of a loaded thing because it's like well i'm wearing these things all the time that's there's the whole like style world of it where i want to be stylish i want to you know look a certain way and all that but then there's like the actual fit and they make all these glasses without it like looking at your face basically and so my first pair of glasses i got that i thought just looked nice and all that my second pair of glasses then i got um the bridge was eight is 18 millimeters so it's a little bit and the first one pair i got was 17 millimeters so it's a little bit wider and they like don't ever slide down my nose the first pair i got they didn't slide down my nose a lot but they would slide down i'd have to like push them up you know i don't know several times an hour right had right. no idea until i got this pair and i'm like whoa one millimeter just on the bridge like makes the world a difference right right so kind of interesting there's um a company i haven't gotten yet but there's a company called topology which has an app on your phone and what you can do is they'll you launch the app and you can like use the camera on your app to scan your face basically and um then I mean, they'll take they'll take the face scan and they'll custom fit the glasses to fit to you can i just say that like the whole peep like this is totally off topic totally sidetracking this but like the scanning the face thing and then being able to read it and like use it like face recognition. Sorry. That's just like like big brother scare crazy. Not that I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just like, that is insane that that is a capacity of your phone that your phone can do that. You can send it to them and they could like make a perfect fit. That's yeah. just insane. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, and so, and, and the thing is, like, most of our faces aren't as symmetrical as we might think. Like, people's, you know, one ear might be slightly higher than another person's ear, or one ear might be a little bit forward or backwards on your face, you know, like closer towards the front of your face or the back and things like that. So, anyway, it's, it can kind of be a, a bit of a pain. Um, and they're just, they're, the glasses are so dang expensive. And it's like, I don't know if they have to be. Anyway, that's a whole nother, like, side. We'll, we'll maybe table that for right now. But, um, I would look at seeing if you could get some rough measurements or just try, like, I mean, just know that if it's sliding down your nose, whatever, you might try one that's a little bit bigger in the nose and the bridge or, you know, whatnot, but. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I got used to the glasses wearing that. So then the only downside, so what that I noticed with the glasses is that, like, you get used to them 
And for the first while, then whenever I did like active stuff, so like played basketball or rode, rode my bike or whatever, then I just took off the glasses and I did that for basically up until recently for the last like two years. But I did a lot of mountain biking last year, especially. And the problem is, is like when you're going quick on a mountain bike, you need to see like where the edges of rocks are at and stuff. And uh, Generally, my mountain bike, I mean, if you want to like continue to mountain bike and not break bones, it would be better that <laughs> <Right>. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't have a full suspension bike. So in the mountain biking world, then that's, you know, I'm riding a hardtail, which means you got to pick your lines better. Like if you talk to anybody that does it, they're like, oh, well, you got to like pick your lines better because you don't have as much like forgiveness in your bike. What he so means like, by lines is like which route you are running. That's what he means yeah. by lines. Just, just in case you're not a born in Colorado and like lived outdoors your whole life. <laughs> yeah. We got to do whole mountain biking, like adventures, but yeah, cause you got rocks, you got roots, you got all those things in there. And that's kind of the fun part of mountain biking is you just kind of go and your mind just like starts to like, just see, okay, I'll put my front tire here and here, here, here. You can kind of like weave your way, you know, right um, through this kind of little maze and stuff like that. So, but if you can't see, the edges of rocks and roots and stuff like that when it's happening fast then that's like a disadvantage you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man i was yeah i was just thinking about someone like someone else who would just like say they started mountain biking and they go out and they're like oh sweet let's go to colorado let's try these awesome trails and then they're like well just go fast and I, sorry i was just imagining like if you couldn't see like People break collarbones and smash up faces and, oh, yeah. Having glasses and being able to see the edge is really important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I've always enjoyed basketball. I like all sports. Basketball is one that I've played. And, like, I was playing that, the, you know, a while back. And, like, shooting, it helps to know, like, where the rim is at exactly. Because if you get into that a whole lot, people will know. Like, either they look at the back of the rim or the front of the rim I look at specific spots when it's a little bit blurry, you know? So I, anyway, so I started wearing my glasses um, and like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to like a doofus and like put the little strap on the back and like cinch it to my face, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, I can mountain bike a lot better. Oh, wow. A lot more of my shots are going in when I play basketball. Like, you know, <laughs> all these things, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh... and then I moved out here earlier this year to, to Utah where there's a lot more like snow skiing and snowboarding. And then like dawned on me there and I'm like, what do people do? because you, you got to wear goggles, right? Like if you've ever been snow skiing or snowboarding, you can't go without goggles because you'll get winds up in the mountains that will just like kind of just gust and blow up and you'll get snow blown in your face or whatever. Like it's basically impossible to snow ski or snowboard without goggles, right? Right. You just won't be able to see. So I'm like, well, how do you do that? So I started looking in there like there are some goggles that have like additional lenses that clip inside of them for vision correction, but not not really so i'm like what do people do and it's like well it's contact right so they wear contacts and then i'm like what do people do so i'm like ah so i'm like okay so people so everybody does, does active type sports and all that they wear contacts if they need vision correction and of course i knew about contacts my mom's had glasses she wore contacts for a lot of years growing up and stuff but i just never liked the idea of like touching my eye i just been like ooh, i don't know you know <laughs> you sound like a 10 year old girl gooey yeah. no one touched my eye no, that's what it was. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, well, I want to be able to see when I mountain bike, when I play basketball, and if I start doing any snow skiing or just anything active, I need to get into the whole contacts world. So, yeah, got to the eye doctor here after we moved here, did the checkup, saw if my prescription changed a little bit, and stuff like that, and said, okay, let's get into the whole contacts world. So, needless to say, um, it's a learning curve as well. So, if you decide to do contacts, <laughs> then. <laughs> You got to get used to touching your eye, basically. Um, and ever since I was little, I remember, like, if we had, like, our eyes were hurting or whatever, we need to put eye drops in, then, like, I couldn't keep my eye open. Um, my mom would be like, keep your eye open. I'm like, I can't. And I even, like, try to, like, hold my eye open with my fingers. And, like, I could always blink before the eye drops came in. And they had to, like, hold my eye open for me, you know. Um, <clears throat> and so, anyway, they get that contacts in. Doctor says, okay, come into the doctor's office and we'll have someone like teach you how to do it. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, they're, they're open until 6 p.m. So you can go in there after work. I'm like, cool. So I get into like 5.30 and this is just a couple weeks ago. And uh, they've got like one of the, the girls that to help you out. And she's like younger. <laughs> and she comes in and she's like, okay, it's real easy. So you just take one hand. And so like if you're doing your right eye, then they just say, okay, we'll take your left hand and hold your upper eyelid up. 
and like grab like right below the eyelashes and then pull it up. And then you put the contact on your right hand and you put it on your pointer finger. And then you take your middle finger and you pull down your lower eyelid. So your left hand is on top, holding up your upper eyelid, right hands on the bottom with the middle finger pulling down your lower eyelid. And then the pointer finger has got the contact sitting on it. And then you just pop it in there. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and the worst part is like, you can see, it's like, I don't know, like tickle yourself. You can't tickle yourself. Like, you know, it's coming. Like, you know, <laughs> so it's like, don't blink, don't blink. Oh, I blinked. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh man (laughs) so and actually the 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 eye doctor he put the contacts in first just to make sure they fit right so he put them in there and he looks in his little instrument and he looks in there he's like yeah it's a good fit you know and when he was putting them in then i was like still blinking you know and he says to me which is like the foreshadowing you know he's like you have a really strong blink reflex and i'm like oh well great thanks you know (laughs) 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 because it even took him a couple of tries to get it in my eye with um, him like holding me down. Okay, lean back, hold down, you know. <laughs> it's like your eye is like, you shall not pass. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Here, bite this stick. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. So, so I got the contacts in. She chose me first how to pull them out, which pulling out's a little bit easier because you basically can just like jab your eye if you have to and then pinch and just kind of rip it out, you know. Right. But uh, so putting it in, so like I just keep blinking and I can't get it in. And uh, she's like trying to coach me and she's like, well, you just, uh, you know, so then she's like looking around and she's like, well, you keep blinking right before you try to put it in. I'm like, well, yeah, no kidding. Thanks a lot. (laughs) It was like, it was a frustrating thing because she's standing there and she's like, see, you just do it like this. And she would show me and she would like hold her eye open and then she would just touch her eye with just her hand and like kind of touch all over and she wouldn't blink, you know. I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing what you're trying to do here, but uh, I just can't not blink, you know. Anyway, oh. I like, and then the contact like starts to kind of like dry out. So then we put it back in the solution and try the other eye, and then come back. Anyway, I was there for an hour and a half. I didn't leave there until I kissed each other. You know, they're like, the they're best... like we want to make sure you can put them in because they're like, well, what you... they gave me some samples. Like, we gave you a week's worth of samples, wear them for a week. And come back in the doctor's office and we'll make sure that they, like, aren't irritating your eye wrong or anything like that. You know what I mean? So, like, we want to make sure you know how to put them in before you leave. I'm like, oh, great. And the and the funny part is, is I, I did finally get my right eye in, but I never got the left contact in. The doctor was just like, all right, we got to go home. Let me just pop it back in your eye. You know? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, if, like, this is, like, a perfect glimpse into your life because nothing ever for you has been, like, easy. Like, it's, like you have to think about it you have to like plan it out and then like it's like all of the logistics when Tabor was a little little kid his hair would stick straight up right and his mom like fought it forever and now Tabor does he just puts on like a a cap every morning and it like flattens out his hair right and it's like it's just like it just is what your body is right it's like just the way your hair grows it is just that right so like the fact that you're it's like your body's like, no, I want to keep my eyes forever, so I'm going to protect them. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So anyway, I took them out. The end of the story is the next morning, I went to put them in, and I actually got them in in like 10 to 15 tries or less. But uh, what I learned is basically like I just had to like really focus and uh, harness like all of your uh, – meditation powers or your focusing or your hypnosis you know self-hypnosis uh, okay so you just like calm your mind yeah which okay. this could be a whole other one we could talk about because um yeah it's like you know rebecca well both our wives are about to to have uh kids but just learning how to like when your body's in like pain in terms of like childbirth like how do you calm your mind and stuff like that and of course there's a lot of um, cause like Re- Rebecca's done like a self hypnosis. Um, she's read a lot of books on that and it just basically helps you to really like calm your mind and focus and like recognize the pain, but not submit to it. And at first I was kind of like, okay, this is some weird voodoo stuff. You're doing what it's, you know, like the one company is called hypno babies. And it's like, well, you're going to do, you're going to do self hypnosis. I'm like, well, this is stupid. So of course I did my research thing, right. Dove into it. And it's like, well, actually there's a lot of research in it. And actually one of the people that have done a lot of research is the, uh, medical, I mean the uh, military. Um, a lot of military has done that, especially like their special operations guys, because they need to be able to stay awake when, and be combat ready when they've been awake for like 40 hours, 
They need how to go to sleep quickly. They need to get up quickly. If they've been shot in the leg, they need to still like be situationally aware and like put the pain aside and still hike to safety and, you know, things like that. So there's actually a lot of like, a lot of techniques to that. And um, I did a little bit of training. I, I don't know if you remember Ray or not, but I did a little bit of training for like um, sniper shooting or like for shooting for the Olympics. I did not know that. Yeah. And, and then did, you know, a fair amount of like shooting stuff. But anyway, so with that, a ton of that is like calming your heart rate and stuff, because if you're shooting long distances, then just the pulse in your shoulder uh, from your arterial, you know, arteries will move the gun. Right. Well, that's, that's interesting. So anyway, so I was like channeling all my self hypnosis training that I've had in the past and like, okay, you're going to touch your eye. It's going to be okay. You know, <laughs> and like, okay, deep breaths, calm down your heart rate. Whew, yeah. You know, and I still kind of like fake myself out. I would try to be like, okay, one, two, three. Ah, I gotcha. <laughs> you're trying to feed a toddler. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the airplane. Oh, that's, that's great. I mean, the, that's anyway. the hypnosis thing is interesting. I actually have had, um, I was like, I've had, we can talk about this if, when we do a podcast on uh, bike riding. I, I had a, I, oh, like one in a million malfunction on a bicycle and I was at the top of Pike's Peak and the bike fell apart. I had a concussion. I broke my teeth from the crash. I had to find like, uh, yeah. And I had to like calm myself down and hike out. Man, you should have seen the tourists when they saw me all bloody and stuff, but we can talk about that like another time. But like, I remember sitting down and like telling myself, like calming myself down to get out. Cause I was like, I'm 14,000 feet up in the air on this mountain. Well, like up this mountain and no one's going to come to me. No one's going to help me hike out. So I have to hike out with this concussion. I could feel that something wasn't right. So that's interesting. But I never thought about it in that way of like self-hypnosis. So that's, yeah. yeah for sure. So um, anyway, it's getting better. But I guess what we could say for everybody, all listeners is, don't worry, this podcast isn't just going to be reliving all the memories of Ray and Tabor. <laughs> um, like I said, we're going to try things in the future with your suggestions. But we're going to tell you what we learned about those experiences. Right. So the thing we learned about the glasses and contacts and all that, Hopefully you've picked out some little nuggets for yourself. But the bottom line is like there is going to be a transition period um, either with glasses or with contacts. With the contacts, it definitely took some use to getting, getting used to. The first day that I wore them, it just felt like there was something in my eye. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was like they I wanted to like itch them all day long. It was definitely like unless I was really engrossed in like reading something or like some task, then like I was always aware they were in my eye. But then the next day, it was a lot less noticeable, and the next day, a lot less noticeable. And yeah, eventually, by the end of the week, then um, it was kind of like like if you're like wearing a watch or a ring. The first time you put on a ring, then it's like you're like always feeling it on your finger, and like it's always there, and you're fiddling with it. But then eventually, at some point, like you don't even realize it's on your finger until you like you think about it. So it gets to that point where like you, unless you're thinking about it, you don't necessarily remember that it's in your eye. Um, but there is going to be a transition time, so yeah, yeah. beware. Right? And, uh, and don't let anybody fool you that it's going to just be like magic, you know? And I don't know why people didn't, like, I'm like, I was telling, I was, I was kind of mad at like all the people that I knew, like my sister and all those people like, you, you wore glasses. Why didn't you tell me there was going to be this transition where I like, you know, seasick and all this stuff. Did, so, uh, when anyway. you, okay. When you brought that all up with family and friends and those that you knew that wore glasses, did they say, oh yeah, I totally remember that. Or was it like your, was your experience unique? Yeah, no, they all remember that. It's just uh, for some of them, I guess it was far enough back. They're just like, oh, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, it was kind of crazy for a while. Uh, that's a good point. And then I would like go into it more and more and more. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of terrible. So I think that's maybe a lesson for like just life in general where like we forget. Like we're forgetful people unless we remind ourselves, yeah. you know. And so there's a, a good tie i think a good principle and remembering things and then that might help gratitude and having an, uh, a, a grateful heart and an attitude of gratitude helps you live i think a fuller life in general too because you'll have these terrible things that like totally through your world for a loop and then you just forget about it you know and i'm kind of that way whenever i get like really sick because like 
I'm just going about life. And if you ever get really, really sick and you like, can't get out of bed, you're like, man, I just take them for granted. Like how much I do every day when I'm just feeling well and have energy and all that. Right. right. Yeah. And like, I, I actually was listening to a podcast today on the Tim Ferriss podcast about, and he was talking, I don't remember the guy he was talking to, but he was the guy he was talking with um, was explaining how the f- more successful you get in life, then the, the less you remember the struggle of trying to get started in your own business. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, the same thing about yeah. remembering is tr- trying to think back on stuff is, is a, definitely a human condition that, you know, like how, how quickly do we forget history and then repeat it, you know? Right. So, yeah. Definitely some food for thought, I guess, or after dinner mint, if we want to end, mm-hmm. end on that note or keep going either way. No, I think that's, that's pretty good. So they do have glasses that just have prescription in one eye or the other. So it sounds like that might be your yeah. case, right? And then I do know people that I think you can just wear one contact lens in one eye. Hmm. So you can do that. And um, yeah, I guess that's, that's pretty much it. And know that there's going to be a, a, a transition time, you know, getting used to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it like, it's definitely one side because one side's 2020 and the other side is 4020, right? Like, like I, I close the bad side and look and it's like, everything's crystal clear. And then I do the other side and it's all blurry. Right. But then with both open, it's fine. It doesn't seem to like bother me, but I I've known for a long time that, the the that my right side has been that's not as strong as the left so my one like so i also wonder like has it always been that way and i just all like never knew or is it something that's like gonna deteriorate with time yeah yeah i don't know i mean i kind of asked him and said well what happened to the stigmatism and i i don't know if this is true or not i mean that's what i remember the doctor telling me is i was like well why now like i was fine earlier when i was a kid because i did go to the eye doctor you know a different a few different times but why now and he's kind of like well for yours the stigmatisms like that is kind of like going bald like you're not bald but then you also need to turn 32 and some people just go bald so your eye just started to, to change you know what i mean so yeah i know things don't burn so you burn off as fast so you're just going to yeah, so yours could have been a different thing. Of course, as you grow, then like the shape of your eye. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so that's why we've always been. Anytime I talk to people that are like going to get glasses for the first time, I'm like, okay, just so you know, there's gonna be a transition time. It's gonna you know, take a little while. It's gonna be crazy. You might not, you know, like it or you know, whatever it is. Right. But it is kind of nice to see things clear. That's kind of their, I think, a Brian Regan comedy joke. You know, it's like, you know, I don't want to go to the eye doctor. I don't want to see clearly. Boom! I can see. It's <laughs> like. Well, <laughs> for clear vision it, it might be worth it you know <laughs> right but uh, one of the things i liked of my little tidbits is i didn't i don't know if i really knew until you told me that you had to go get a physical for your commercial driver's license so i was like well that makes sense but i'm not sure many people know that like they, have, they do everything from like checking your heart to vision to all those things and i'm like well that's true because you got all the guys with the big old semis you don't want them yeah having a heart attack or having a you know, a stroke or whatever and just totally plowing through stuff. Right. So anyway. I mean, you're not the first person that said that either. Like a lot of, every time I tell that to people, they're like, well, why? And it's like, well, you do realize that, that if an 18 wheeler loses control and say the guy passes out or, or something happens to him physically, like that truck will literally go through like a mile, mile and a half of stuff in front of it. If no one's pressing the brakes, like, whatever's in front of it as a good like point of reference where the top of the tire on a semi is is normally where the top of your head is if you're in a sedan like a little four-door car so they're i mean they're basically like tanks and Mm -hmm. like they're built they're built really really strong so every time i explain that people are like oh well that makes sense and it's like well i'm glad they do that and i'm glad that you know it's important but it's one of those things that it's like not that many people are commercial drivers anyway so it's just just about getting information and understanding the perspective 
Yeah, and, it, and it's all about weight too. The more you get into like trucking, all that kind of stuff, it's all weight. And and then like like hey, we're, in fact, I was just talking about this with, with my daughter. We're doing a Pinewood Derby, but you know, like that weight is a kinetic energy when it's moving. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? And so that energy, there's a law of conservation of energy, right? So it's got to go somewhere, and it's not gonna just stop on a dime, you know. So yeah, that all that that load is going 70 miles an hour, and you got all that weight. It's pushing. It's not gonna stop easy. Yeah, you know? it's like that. Uh, the like one of the fun funnest things you did as a kid, you know, when you have like a a huge big ball, and then you put like a tennis ball on top of it, and you drop it, and what happens to the tennis ball? You know, it's yeah, Ooh. like <laughs> see ya. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a it's a basics basic physics lesson. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did. We'd love to we have did 50 minutes, so that's pretty awesome. I know. We'll probably have to figure out how to cut it down, maybe, <laughs> huh? one of these days. Well, so that's, that takes our next feedback, or our next uh, point. So let's, we'd love to hear feedback from our listeners. So at the very least, uh, mom, mom and mom, <laughs> let us know your thoughts. Right. right. <laughs> and uh, like I said, we'd love to cover any topics or answer any questions that you guys have. Um, and uh we've tried i don't know we'd have to try i guess tell them what we haven't tried but there's probably a well i don't know if it's fair to say i was gonna say there's probably a, a the list is smaller on things we haven't tried versus things we have tried yeah but uh we're pretty clean guys i guess as far as like drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff so we haven't really gone crazy in the uh, drugs and alcohol world so we haven't tried a lot of that which i'm sure there's probably a lot of great adventures there but um we're going to stay out of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as far as like trades go, I've done every trade outside of uh, roofing and plumbing. Um, I never wanted to get on top of roof. And uh, I dealt with enough crap in my life. I didn't want to deal with more of other people. So, um, but outside of that, I've done every trade. I taught myself how to weld through YouTube and uh, taught myself to do a whole bunch of things that we'll, we'll get into more of that later, but. We've definitely had quite an extensive uh, uh, let's try this and see how it goes repertoire. Yeah. So uh, like Ray said, Anchor app, download that if you want. You can send us a message through there. Um, or for me, then it's tabercope.com or all my handles are just my name, tabercope on Instagram, Twitter, um, not on Facebook, but uh, that. And then... Uh, Ray, you've got Maximus. Yep. Like you said. Yep. If you want to follow me on Instagram or Snapchat or Periscope or what, uh, pick your poison in social media, then it's just M A X E M I S. It's where I'm at. Okay. Well, sounds good. We will talk to you guys later then. Adios. Okay. Bye. Bye.